All right, who's ready to start, eh? Yeah, so, squads and prayer. You make up the, whatever title at the end of this message that you feel, ex, feel acceptable, but we're going to be looking at squads and prayer, right? So, squads. Who know that Jesus had a crew? Who understand? Jesus had a crew. So, Jesus had many followers. We read through the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Everywhere it talks about Jesus, it talks about crowds would follow Jesus. Yes? Yes. So, Jesus, and he had many disciples, right? But then he had, he had a famous group of people that would follow him. And what do we call them? The 12 disciples. And realistically, they're technically the 12 apostles. Has anyone heard of the word apostle before? Sean has. So there was, Jesus had many disciples, but then there was 12, which we know as the 12 disciples, but technically they were the 12 apostles. Um, another thing uh, with, with these people that would follow Jesus, so um, we, we, we might have heard of a thing called an apprentice, yes? So technically we could say they're an apprentice, they're a follower. When we, who's heard of the Great Commission? Matthew 28, go and make disciples of all nations. So we as Christians are meant to go and make disciples. So what's a disciple? Basically, it's a follower of Jesus, someone that helps other people live the life that Jesus lived. That's what a disciple is. So does anyone here confident enough for, the, for a prize from Sean know who the, the names are of the 12 disciples? Anyone? So Twin knows some. All right, Twin, tell us some. Peter? All right, one, he gets, let's give him a clap. He got one, Peter. Pete, put it on the screen, the Bible verse. Wait, 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 before you do, go back, go back, go back. Wait, where is it? Where, where is the Bible verse that tells us the 12 disciples? It was on there. Anyone saw it? All right, Pete, go back, we'll read it. So Luke chapter 6, 12 to 16. So one day, soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray. And he prayed to God all night. Now that's a hectic prayer session. At daybreak, he called together all of his disciples and chose 12 of them to be apostles. Here are their names. So first of all, this is something crazy for you to understand. When it comes to making a big decision in your life, sometimes it takes a sacrifice of prayer. I'm not saying for everything you ought to pray all night, but Jesus said, you know what? So he had many disciples. We don't know. It could have been 500. It could have been 30. But we know there was more than 12. And out of all of his disciples, he chose 12 to be the apostles, right? And so these are their names. Simon, who he named Peter, which was like Reed to Rock. Then we got Andrew, Peter's brother. Then we got James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, Simeon, and Judas and Judas. There you go. They are the 12 disciples or the 12 apostles. And so then within, so we would say those 12 dudes, those 12 dudes are Jesus' crew, right? So Jesus had these 12 dudes, these 12 apostles, these 12 disciples, which were his crew. But within his crew, he had a squad. So we've been talking about squads. So within Jesus' crew, he had a squad. Does anyone know the three disciples that were Jesus' squad? Oh, no prizes for you. I'll answer. So his, his, his squad was Peter and the brothers James and John. So those three disciples make up Jesus' squad. And so there's two times in the Bible that we find this squad. So the first one is a transfiguration. Does anyone know what the transfiguration was? 
I'll explain it. The transfiguration is when, so again, Jesus is on a mountain. Jesus loves mountains for some reason. He's on this mountain, so I'll go on the mountain. And then, um, Geordie, can you be Elijah for me? Come up, be my Elijah. And then, Ty, can you be Moses? All right, so, so I'm Jesus on the mountain of transfiguration. And then, basically, I, Moses changes what he looks like. He gets changed from being human to being supernatural being. So when we die, we become a supernatural being. Jesus is on the mountain and changes from the, the supernatural, uh, so from the natural to the supernatural being. And then he has a chat with Moses, which everyone knows Moses, and, and Elijah. And so what, what, they, what scholars tell us, so Moses was the one who wrote the law of the Old Testament. And then Elijah was one of the major prophets of the Old Testament. And so we we understand with Jesus being the Messiah, being the person that he had to talk to Moses and say, Moses, have I fulfilled the law to be the, the sacrifice that saves humanity from sin? And then he says to um, Elijah, have I fulfilled every prophecy so that when I went to become the Messiah? So that's what happens in that, that, that squad encounter. So thank you, Moses and Elijah. So it's a bit confusing, but basically scholars would tell us that when that tra- mountain of transfiguration happened, that Jesus was talking with those guys to make sure that he fulfilled everything the Bible says about what the Messiah, Jesus Christ, had to do before he became the the perfect sacrifice for our sins. So that's what he did in that occasion, and only Peter James and John witnessed that. So we could preach a sermon about squads with that, but we're not going to. The other situation with those three is when he, Jesus raises a dead girl back up to life. So who's heard of someone called Jairus? So Jairus has a 12-year-old daughter. And, then there's all, and so then Jairus sees Jesus and goes, Yo, Jesus, my daughter's dying. We need you to pray for her. Jesus goes, sweet, let's do it. Jesus is traveling off to Jairus' dying daughter. And then this, this lass touches who has been bleeding for 12 years. So there's like a link there. So there's a lady bleeding, bleeding problems for 12 years, a daughter dying at 12 years. And so this chick with the bleeding goes, I'm just going to touch Jesus' garment, the, 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 the hem of it, touches it. She gets healed and Jesus is like, yo, power's come out of me. And then Jairus is like, are you serious, Jesus? My daughter's dying. But then it, the, whole, the whole situation gets stuffed up. And then we see that then someone comes from Jairus' house and goes, yo, Jairus, your daughter's dead. Let Jesus live life. And Jesus goes, nah, she ain't dead. She's sleeping, but she was dead. And Jesus goes, and then he says, then there's people in the house crying and weeping, going, oh, life's so tough. But then we obviously, then Jesus says, you criers, get out of this house. Bring, he says, parents, come with me. James, John, and Peter, come with me. And he says, girl, get up. And she goes, like, thriller, gets up alive. And so, again, we could preach a message about that squad, but we're not going to. Um... Because as I said at the start, we're going to be focusing on prayer. So we're going to go to the book of Luke chapter 11, verse 1. This is going to be our main text. Luke chapter 11, verse 1. Are we ready to read this? This is powerful stuff. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying. That's very powerful right there. Jesus was in a certain place praying and he finished. One of his disciples came to him and said, Lord... Teach us to pray, just as John, which is a Baptist, taught his disciples. Can I pray? I encourage you to close your eyes, bow your head, whatever it is that can help you right now connect with God. 
Jesus, we thank you that you can speak to us. Holy Spirit, we pray that we be receptive, that we be open to hear what you want to speak to us tonight. May this not just be a moment that we don't remember, but may this be a moment that can help us have a powerful prayer life, help us understand prayer, and help us as a youth ministry together see something powerful take place in our lifetime and in our generation. And we all said, Amen. So we're going to read that again. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus was praying in a certain place. And so his crew, his 12 disciples, his 12 apostles would know that Jesus was praying in certain spots. So the spot itself doesn't matter. Whether it was under a tree, whether it was in his bedroom, the spot didn't matter. But the disciples knew if where Jesus was, so that he could have been, they could have been in this town, they could have been in that town, they could have been over here. But they knew that Jesus would find a certain spot to seek prayer. It was obviously a common thing where they would go, "All right, we're staying here. We know if Jesus is over there, he's praying." So uh, an example. And so I want to question you with you this: Do you have a certain spot where you pray? An example is. I have a certain spot where I eat. Uh, you might have a certain spot where you eat. At dinner at my house, there's a certain spot where I eat. It's at the dinner table. Do I have a witness in this place? I eat dinner at the dinner table. I eat my dinner at a certain spot. Does anyone watch TV here or watch Netflix? I know for me, there's a certain spot where I watch TV. It's on the couch with my legs on the footstool. If, you're gonna say, if I was to say I'm watching TV... Leander would know there's a certain spot where I'm watching TV, right? If um, a, another example is in uh, when I sleep, I sleep in a certain spot. If I was to say, if Leander was to say, "Where's Josh?" and Mum was saying she's sleeping, my mum would know I'm sleeping. That's so awkward. If if Leander would say to my mum, "Mum, where's Josh?" and Josh was saying he is sleeping, not she. If he was sleeping, Leander would know. I'm in my bed because it's a certain spot where I sleep. Does this make sense to anybody? If, uh, final example, if, if I was praying, would Leanna know where that certain spot is? If mum said to Leanna, Josh is praying, would Leanna know where that certain spot is? And if we could say the same for Maddie, Piper, or Emily, if I was to bring up Emily's mum say, yo, Emily's mum, where is Emily? And she said, Emily's praying, would I know where that certain spot is? Do we know where our certain spot is where we want to pray and seek God, right? And here's an example. Who knows it's Father's Day? Yeah. I've got a Father's Day example for you, kind of. Not really, but it is. Does it, who, who blessed their dads on Father's Day? Great job. My dad wanted Macca, so he went to Macca's. I know. Who, who wants that? So I'm very blessed to have the father that I have. Pastor Robin, as I said, he's coming next week. Get around it. He's going to be... He's going to dominate. But so my, my father, when I was a kid, was a youth pastor like me. But rather than doing a poultry, he was a plumber as well. So Monday to Friday, I'd do plumbing. But on Friday nights, not Sunday nights, but on Friday nights, he'll do youth. And one thing I found with him, he had a certain spot where he'd pray. So I used to live in Mount Barker, and it used to get cold in winter. For an example is, who knows what frost is? Anyone know what frost is? So every single day would be frost. Like your, your windscreen on your car would be frosted up. So you'd have to spend like five minutes like trying to get the frost off your car before you could drive. Um, with me playing footy as a junior, we'd be play so early in the morning, all your sprigs would get, got, get ice in them. And so rather than getting grip, you've like got like, 
who's played Fortnite and you step in the ice and you go like that? It's literally, it was literally like that because it was so cold in Mount Barker. So who knows these fan heater things here? So he didn't have this exact one, sorry to disturb you. It was a similar concept, but from memory, it was like beigey, creamy on the bottom and brown on the top. Not the prettiest of aesthetic, but that's what he have. And so he would have this little minion office, literally no bigger than this area here, but it was a rectangle. And so he, my dad would be in his little prayer office. And so I, I, on a, say, say if he's preaching on the church on Sunday, he would be in his office and I would, I would sneak in him and I'd find him like this. But sometimes he's making sounds because he's praying, you know. So, and he'd be like this. And then I would, so d- my dad's there creeping. And I would like open up the office door and be like, oh, dad's praying. Oh, I'll have to ask him another time. And then, but most times I would, find, I would go into that, that prayer office and say, oh, g'day dad, whatever you'd want to say as a child. And dad would be in front of that, that sound man. Hear it, but that is the best sound. I love that sound. In my bedroom, it's just like the perfect, like you know how you can listen to black noise or white noise, whatever it is, or like rain and stuff. To me, that's like the best one to go to sleep to. But I'd find him in a certain spot praying in front of his little heater, seeking God, going, God, this is a time at our house now. He doesn't quite have that same pattern. But as a child, I'd clearly remember when I'd go into that office, I'd see my dad on the ground praying in a certain spot. My dad had a certain spot. So back to us, my dad has his certain spot and I knew where it was. Jesus had his certain spot. His crew knew where it was. Do you have a certain spot? Do people know it? Um, and, so if you, uh, and so I want to encourage you to like encourage you and, and challenge you is that if you don't have a certain spot, get one. Because I want people to say to, better say to Jasmine, we know where her prank spot is. We know where Leanna's prank spot is. We know where Pastor Josh's prank spot is because we've made the commitment to seek God and pray. All right? So we'll read it again. Luke 11, 1. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. And so one of the biggest things that the second point we can learn from that is, is we are... Uh, the biggest thing to learn in life is not telling others how much we know. It says the disciple, we don't know which one it was, but he came up to Jesus saying, teach me how to pray. He didn't go up to Jesus and say, hey, Jesus, look how good of a prayer I am. Hey, Jesus, have you noticed that I can pray really well? He said, he came up to Jesus saying, Jesus, teach me how to pray. And one of the best lessons that we can learn in life is to not going around telling people how good we are, how much we know. We've got to come to a position today. What can we learn from you? Jesus, what can you teach me in this situation? Jesus, how can I pray more effectively? Jesus, what are the things I should be praying for and how should I pray rather than going to Jesus? See, look, Jesus, I'm a good prayer, aren't I? But we've got to come into a position or whatever it is in life where we can learn to go. It's not about me showing off and saying, look how good I've got it by going, how how can I grow? How can I get better? And how can I be more effective in what I'm doing? Does that make sense? So then Jesus' response is commonly known as the Lord's Prayer. Can everyone say that? The Lord's Prayer. So in verses 2 to 4, it reads, do we have that, Pete? Yeah. So Jesus said, this is how you should pray. 
Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. And you, has anyone here been to kids' church before? Anyone? I grew up in kids' church and I used to have the really old school translations like quoted regularly. So when they talk about the Lord's Prayer, it sounds something like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Has anyone know hallowed? And so we're like, who the heck uses, I don't like saying that. Who uses the word hallowed? No one. But it basically means, what is it? Hallowed. Whatever it is, I don't even use the word. I can't pronounce it. I can't read. But it basically means set apart, uh, be treated with reverence or being holy. So may his name be holy, set apart, treated with reverence. Then the words I can read, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts or sins as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or the evil one. Has anyone sort of remember that sort of a weird translations? Yep, I remember hearing that one regularly. But so this Lord's Prayer, so this Jesus gives us um, that template, I could say, or, or uh, way of praying in another situation in the book of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 9 to 13. And so um, Jesus is preaching a sermon on, the, on a mountain. Again, as I said, Jesus loves mountains. And this, I think the, the sermon title is called The Sermon on the Mount. Very creative. He's preaching on a, preaching on a mountain and he called the sermon The Sermon on the Mount. And in that, he gives this template of how to pray again. And he says it like this. Um, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so that's where we talk about heaven on earth. When we pray, we want to believe what God has in heaven. We want to believe it on earth. And so the Message Bible says it like this. As above, so below. And so we believe that there's freedom in heaven. There's friendship in heaven, there's love in heaven, there's prosperity in heaven. All the things that of God, of love, we believe we can bring those things onto earth now because God lives within us. So we, we, that's why we pray for it. Then it says, give us today the food we need. Or the um, Passion Translation says it like this. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. So we pray, God, we don't need to worry God, we don't have to strive or stress out about this or that. We believe that you can provide what we need when we need it. Then it, continuing on, and we forgive uh, and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And so that's about being thankful and unoffendable. So we're thankful that Jesus forgave us of our sins, but then we're unoffendable and don't let other people's think wrongdoings against us cause us problems. And then finally, let us not yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. And so I just want us to focus on the first sentence of that. Can everyone start it? Our Father in heaven. Let's read it again. Our Father in heaven. Our. That's a cool word. Then we look at verses... I've lost it. That doesn't matter. I've, it doesn't. It, I've lost it. That's all right. Um, yeah, where does it say? There we go. Verse twelve. And forgive us of our sins. Interesting words there. Uh, I was talking to Liana this afternoon. If I say I saw a sheep, what does that mean? 
I saw sheep. I saw a sheep. Oh, that doesn't really work. How did I say it? If I say there's, there's sheep there, that's a better one. If I say there's a sheep there, did you, oh, that's right. I, I keep stuffing up. Did you see Did you see the sheep? If I say that, did you see the sheep? Am I talking about sheep or sheeps? Did you see the sheep? No, no. Did you see the sheep? Exactly. Sheep isn't a word. Exactly. So when I say sheep, it's it's both singular and plural, right? But our isn't like that. Our can't be singular. Our's not a sheep, because <laughs> sheep can be the single sheep or the multiple sheep. Our is multiple people, right? So when Jesus is is teaching us on how to pray, the first thing in his template is about multiple people. Our Father in heaven. So can we all say together? Our Father in heaven. So what Jesus is teaching us when to pray is going, he, he's assuming that we're praying in a group of people, right? So we've got we to understand that when we pray, yes, there's a time for the secret place, there's a time for that certain place, but there's also a time when we come together as it says that our Father in heaven. So Jesus' template of prayer assumes we are praying with other people. Jesus' template assumes we are praying in squads. And so we've got to understand that there's a time where we come together and pray together for what we believe, right? And so yes, we can pray alone about these things, but we should also pray together. Pete, chuck on the screen 2 Corinthians, ah, oh, 2 Corinthians, re, re, re say that, 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14. And it says, ba, 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 da. I'll read it. <laughs> Jesus, we just pray for healing on this projector system. Move it. Can, can, can we have some agreement in this? Our, 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 our prayer, God, is that we see this fixed. It's all right. I'll read it. 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14 says, If my people... That's no, another. there. You know when it's like, does someone else want to preach for a bit and it will work? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll read it. Then if my people who are called by my name... Now, what does anyone know what Ephesians 4 chapter 1 says? Pastor Rob preaches about this often. You have been called by God. Can everyone say that? You have been... Poke the person beside and say, you have been called by God. You have been called by God. Toyin, Orlando, Ethan, Ty, Ella, Chloe, Josh, Sean, Pete, Isabella. All of us have been called by God. That's exciting. So back to 2 Chronicles chapter 7, 14. That if my people who are called by my name, which is us, you are, and then... Uh, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. I love that. So if for those of us that we have been called by God, God says to us that if we humble ourselves, if we go, God, we actually put you as our provider, we put you as the reason for life and commit to that certain place of prayer, commit to coming together and praying. It says that God will hear us, forgive us our sins, and heal our land. And I can tell you, who, who loves everything that happens to them in their life? Yeah, correct. Same with me. There is not everything in my life that I'm happy with. I don't like it how um, 